It looks like yeah. we are finally live. What was that, Jazz? <laughs> All right. I was just saying good night to someone. Good night. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Uh, Xbox Two Podcast live right now. I know it's been what we didn't do last, one last week. We weren't going to do one this week, um, but uh, Jazz was like, Rand, we need to do one. It's been a while. There's a lot to talk about. And I was like, yeah, I wasn't at the hospital today. So I was like, kind of fiending to make some videos. So we are back. How's everybody doing in YouTube chat? If you're listening to this later on Google or iTunes, really appreciate it. But uh, man, Jazz, it's been a while. We haven't talked in quite some time. We got a lot to discuss today, man. Yeah, man, Gamescom prep was absolutely kicking my ass for the last couple of weeks, and you've had stuff on too. Um, it should be should return to normal next week to some degree. Um, I'm, then I'm going on vacation the week after. But then the week after that, then I'll be totally returned to normal. Yeah. But, um, but dude, I went to Gamescom, man. I, I know. You were telling me a little bit about it, and you got to see that amazing cyberpunk demo it's which we're oh, talking about oh, shout God. out to uh ryan the professional for the super chat thank you so much ryan good to see you guys back yeah we uh we've been wanting to do it it's just that jazz was so busy last week um as a lot of you guys know i have a family member in the hospital uh and i've been spending like upwards of eight to ten hours a day there which is why i haven't been making any videos so i was kind of getting antsy to get back and do a podcast so i appreciate all the support I know I get a lot of messages on Xbox as well as on um, Twitter DMs and stuff, you know, telling me like stay strong and blah, blah, blah. And all that, all that really, you know, positive reinforcement. So I appreciate everybody who sent the message. Uh, even everybody here right now sending, uh, you know, uh, good thoughts in the chat. Really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot to talk about jazz. Uh, Xbox all yeah. access, the story that you broke. I did. I did break, which is blowing up. Like, I didn't think it'd be that interesting to people, to be honest. I just sort of... up. But yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Cyberpunk and Jez's experience at Gamescom. Uh, we're going to talk about Gamescom itself, the Inside Xbox show, which, spoiler alert, I didn't bother watching as I didn't bother watching the last Inside Xbox because at this point, I know it's a show not for me, so I'm just going to wait until the show's over, and read the little inside, uh, you know, the news.xbox thing. We're like, here's what we showed off at Inside Xbox. Because, well, in my opinion, it's just a waste of time to watch. It's a little bit harsh. And maybe Jez disagrees with me on that one, but it just ain't for me, you know, Jez? That's what I mean. Uh, you know, it's, it's supposed to be a fun little show. I always see people whining like, oh, it's, it's no good. And I'm like, what do you expect? You want an E3 every month? The problem is, because they've committed to a monthly schedule, sometimes there just ain't nothing to talk about, especially in the summer. I mean, we have, you know, the slow news day, the slow news inside Xbox, pretty much the same situation. Yeah. And, um, yeah. But, um, before we get into all that good, juicy stuff, uh, have you been playing anything besides World of Warcraft? No. Well, so just- obviously, I play games at Gamescom. Oh yeah, would you? Would you? Uh, yeah, of course that counts. Would you, would you right. get your hands on it? I played Rage Two. Oh, buddy! I played Metro Exodus. Oh God, Jazz! I played Ori and Will of the Wisps. Oh, I'm about to die right now. I'm so jealous. I played Mutant Year Zero. <laughs> Game looks decent. Game looks decent. Oh, okay, it was it was very good actually. Um, I wasn't expecting much from it, but I'll I'll talk about it in a bit. Um. What else did I play? 
uh, I think that was all my hands-on demos. There's, there was probably some other little ones here and there, but um, most of the demos were hands-off, and I had a lot of hardware meetings. It's like so less game playing than previous years because of so many hardware meetings, like with uh, some of the PC manufacturers and stuff like that. But my God, there's so many great games on the horizon, and I did notice that round all the all the appointments that I set up for me because me and me and Matt Brown from Windows Central, we went out there together. All the appointments I set up for me, except for Ori in the Blind Forest, which was offered by Microsoft, they were all apocalyptic games. Hmm. All of them. I don't mind about apocalyptic games. It's just, it's just funny that like there's so many coming, like Rage and Metro and you know, Mutant and Dying Light. And <laughs> Cyberpunk's not apocalyptic, but it's like this topic. You know? um, Did you uh, play Forza by chance? No, I uh, one of my colleagues went for that one. I'm not into racing games, man. Mm, that's right, but they were showing the Halo showcase event behind closed doors, from what I was, I've heard. Yeah, we saw that. We um, one of my colleagues wrote a preview of that. I don't, I don't, I didn't read it myself. I don't know much about it. Do, do you know anything about it? I don't know much about you it. You know, like so in Forza Horizon, they have those showcase events when you reach a certain amount of fans or whatever. You kind of get like a little. Um, a rubber band event where you're racing some really interesting vehicle. Like uh, in Forza Horizon 4, they already showed off one where you're racing a huge ass, like hover, car, hover, car, like a, was it a hover car, hovercraft, like a big giant hovercraft thing. Oh. They've had ones where you fight, you know, race trains and race jets, and it, they're pretty cool, but, um, it's it's all rubber band because it's it's designed for you to be like barely beat or barely be behind them. So apparently they built something into this one. Where you're in the Halo Warthog, which was in Forza Horizon Three, you're on a beach, and it's supposed to be like a recreation of like the silent cartographer. So you're racing around. Cortana is given like a voiceover, like actual Cortana, and there's like Covenant vehicles and like Covenant airships dropping in. It's supposed to be like some sort of like huge event, which honestly I don't want to see. I want to actually experience it the first time when I play the game. You know what I mean? That's cool, man. Yeah, that sounds sounds really. I wonder if there's a Gears one. That'd be pretty cool, you know. Cool like the um, the gears, uh, to call the gears motorbike from Gears Five. Gears Four, be, sorry. God yeah, that'd be cool. Stuff. By the way, I'm I'm warning everyone. I'm very tired, so I'm going to say stupid things here every now and then, more than often, more than usual, I should say. So, how was Rage? Um, Rage was um, incredible. It was absolutely incredible. You know, it was... Um, so, for those who don't know, Rage 2 is being developed in collaboration between id Software and um, Avalanche. And Avalanche, obviously, they're known for the Mad Max game and also um, Just Cause. So like they 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 have intimate knowledge of how to make an open world sandbox fun, and then you've got uh, id Software who are you know they make Doom and they have intimate knowledge of how to make a shooter fun. So it's sort of like a match made in heaven almost. Um, I interviewed uh, two chaps from the team, uh, Tim Willits from id Tech, and I didn't catch the chap from Avalanche's name off the top of my head, but man, it was it was stunning. So it kind of Kind of, re- it was it. It had a different pace to um, the original Rage, which was quite. I thought it was quite slow and methodical. 
Rage 2 is more like Doom, like in that direction where it's super fast-paced, crazy action. But it seemed like it had like it reminded me of Bulletstorm almost in the in the sense of you know doing these wacky combos with all these abilities and stuff like that. And they, there was even like a sort of kill score to uh, like kill combos to rack up. And when you racked up enough, you could do like this overdrive mode, which like doubles, doubles your damage and doubles the impact of your weapons and turns like a regular gunfire to like these super bullets, which just insta give everything. Like you're a wasteland superhero. They want you to feel like a superhero in Rage 2 because you are like, You've got like these nano machines in your body called nanotrites, which I believe were in the first game too. Um, but they've sort of like they've expanded it, so it's more like you're a Mass Effect biotic now. You can mm-hmm. like you can push people around, like force push them over buildings and slam them into walls and blow them up and you know punch the ground with gravitational force and you can do all this stuff, all these powers mixed in with these high tech weapons and combos and Dude, it was awesome. It was really, really awesome. I've I've got like recorded raw gameplay of me playing it, and uh, don't worry, I, I actually can play the game on like some other game journalists. Unlike sure uh, Polygon. <laughs> hey, you said it, not me. Hey, I mean, uh, we all saw the videos, you know. <laughs> well, um, they also said that um, they ch- the ma- they had made the demo easier for uh, Games Press. <laughs> Because I was like, did you think it was a little bit too easy, baby? And they're like, well, you know, we we tuned it down a little, um, but the the full uh, the full game will be um, tuned differently. And also, there'll be um, they're still they're still exploring the possibility of adding difficulty modes and stuff as well. But uh, it just it was just incredible. Like I played like um, a sort of a run and gun mission, um, but like they showed us the trailer. The, I think the the trailer's public now. It's like showing the open world stuff with the, the vehicle convoys and all that stuff that was great about Mad Max and some of the world building stuff. And dude, it was just like, it was, it was immense and it was so vibrant, colorful and beautiful. Um, pretty excited for that game. Um, I'll have a preview of that up early next week, most likely. Nice. But, um, I also played... We're in the Wither of the Wisps, which is, uh, you know, one of your most anticipated. Yes, uh, yes, I I love Ori. Now, like, there, I'd love a little backstory about Ori, which is maybe the one of the reasons why I love it so much because it was it was the game I did hit a million gamer score with back at E three twenty sixteen, like the achievement for beating the game. Uh, so the the series in the game like has like you know a spot in my heart, and the sequel looks. Like, like they stepped it up a notch. They added those spirit trials, which yeah. fits so well into it because the game is like those. Can't... Yeah, how to how to play? Okay, so um, for those who don't know, like we're in the blind forest is a Metroidvania game, side scrolling, as we all know, or most of us know. Um, and w- one of the things they announced at Gamescom was this um, new spirit trial system, which um, it's sort of like. I mean, it's literally basically Trials HD, but in Ori, right? And um, the way it works is when when there's an area in the game world that makes sense for it to be like a racetrack, like the, like the area flows really well and you can get through it really fast, it's sort of like 
it uploads it lets you do a spirit trial which uploads your 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 like your run to the azure cloud and um then you see you can see your friends like ghosts doing that race and race against them like in trials uh, like in trials fusion and trials hd and stuff like that um it's, it was i i was like first my first reaction was like oh no tacked on multiplayer thing but it was so well done like they've added like lots of new traversal mechanics to ori like ori can do like this dash now which makes like um getting speed um more easy and uh there's like momentum too like the the faster you go um you know the faster you can get while doing these double jumps and dashes and stuff like that and there's also like this um this dig move which let you dig which lets you dig through like patches of the earth patches of earth and stuff and if you dash towards the end of digging through this patch of earth you're like you speed at you speed jump out of it and like there's all these little tiny tricks to improve your traversal time and and stuff like that it's hard to explain without having it in front to show to show off but it was like it was surprisingly deep and surprisingly addictive like the guy the guy i was interviewing about it he was like talking and talking and stuff and i was just like addictively playing this <laughs> trials thing thinking like i'm gonna beat my score now you know beat my score and it's, it's all attached to leaderboards and stuff like that it was really awesome man yeah really i mean awesome. it's it's definitely a game fun little side objective what do you think about when it's coming out because people talk about this all the time i'm pretty sure it's not coming out before e3 next year i'm pretty sure it's later in the year of 2019 yeah possibly i think it could be yeah it could be one of the maybe summer games late summer games quarter three maybe early quarter four maybe yeah like I think definitely out before Gears of War 5, or Gears 5 as they're calling it this year. But I I see people say, oh, it's probably a March title or an April title, but I don't think so. I think that, plus, I also think it's more expensive than the first. The first one was 20 bucks. I have a feeling this one's going to be 40, maybe 30. Like, I think it's going to be much, a a little bit more expensive as well. It's got, um, it's got an expanded scope now. Like, there's no, well, there's still 2D sprites, but there's there's less 2D sprites and more 3D stuff. And also, they've developed this new like lighting technology where they can like they can paint an area of the map so that it can receive lighting information. It's hard to explain again, but it's like it made. Even though like the backgrounds are still pan painted in two D and stuff, like with layers, there's now like a th- almost like a three D element to them because the lighting can splash across those two D layers in a realistic sort of way. So when Ori's jumping around and doing his abilities, it makes everything it gives everything that little bit of extra depth. It's subtle. But it's like the kind of the kind of upgrade that I would expect from a sequel. And um and obviously Ori's got loads of new combat abilities. Like he's got a sword now, he's got a bow now, and uh, other stuff like that. Um and there's a spirit the spirit points, I can't remember what they're called in the first game, but they're spirit points. Where the the level mm-hmm. Uh I mean you did like upgrade your character. I mean there's also achievements for not doing it, but yeah. Yeah, um, those are, that's currency now, rather than um, up, uh, leveling up and stuff. I find it, I find it weird that we know more about Ori than about Crackdown, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I've been told Crackdown information is coming, but rather than build demos for Gamescom, they've just been focusing on adding content and polish and stuff. Yeah, because uh, I mean, put it put it this way: like there was supposed, to, I, I, I'm pretty sure there was supposed to be a Fallout demo at, at Gamescom because the booth had they had like a Fallout booth there, but the demo wasn't there. So like, I think it wasn't wasn't ready maybe or something well i remember when, when i went to e3 2016 scalebound was supposed to be on the floor playable but right. then they like they pulled it last minute um but yeah i don't know like it's just kind of funny it's like here we get ori we know a lot about it it's coming out sometime next year and it's like crackdown <laughs> no shows another event for the most part you know the last one before supposed to launch and yeah yeah i don't know so, do you want to know what I've been playing? Not much uh, on it, obviously, because I've been spending like eight hours a day at the hospital. But yeah, I do want to know. I did start up Strange Brigade. Oh right, how is yeah. that? So that's one game I that I was. I can't say. To. I can't say until next week. Oh, it's under embargo. Okay. Yeah, it's under embargo, but I am a little bit mm, halfway done with the campaign. Um. Look for my review on the title sometime next week. But yeah, so I've, I've been playing some Strange Brigade. Uh, what else? PUBG. Uh, and and I, like that's I really shocked. it. I, I know, but like, dude, because I get home at like 9 p.m. and it's just like, I don't really want to start anything. Like, I don't want to start Yakuza. I don't want to like do this. I don't want to do that. It's like, I just want to get on and just be like, you know what? I want to I want to kill some people because they announced it's one of the things that inside Xbox PUBG 1.0, it's leaving. Game preview, finally, after almost a year. Uh, it's coming out. Is it, is, it, is it ready? Oh, Is it ready? It'll never be ready. The frame rates... I mean, look, if we're comparing from like how the game originally came out in December of last year to how it is right now, oh, the game is better, you know? But it's still, I wouldn't say in a, in a position that's like, oh my god, like it's a solid thirty frames per second because it's not. There'll be definitely, definitely instances where the frame rate like gets destroyed sometimes. So I'm a little bit worried when War Mode comes because War Mode is supposed to have a lot of people together in a short in like a small area, and that usually tanks the frame rate. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited and I have achievements. And they're supposedly Major Nelson said they're all retroactive, which means when those achievements go live, I'll pretty much have every achievement in the game except for like three of them. Mm. But then, you know, that kind of starts the whole big, huge holiday because you got like, you got PUBG coming out of 1.0, you have the Destiny expansion, you have Spider Man, you have Rise of the Tomb Raider, and then it's just like game after game. So, you know, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting holiday. Um, I guess you know I would imagine that a PlayStation version is probably gonna be announced at some time soon. Probably come out for the PlayStation Four early next year. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Uh, PlayStation version is on the horizon. They've sort of they teased it really subtly inside. Uh, teased it, didn't they? In, in one of their trailers, like for a split second, you can see a PlayStation or something. I'm sure I yeah. read that. The Raven Flush says the day PUBG leaves previews, the day the PS4 version is announced. I don't think they'll do it the day it's announced. I think, I think they'll wait until next year to announce that version. Uh, but for sure, I think there is a PUBG version planned 
Um, but they're going to have their, you know, they're going to have their fight. You know, they're going to have everything cut out for them because like Call of Duty's going to have be out at that point and Fortnite's still this huge monstrosity and Battlefield's oh getting a mode God. and all this stuff. So Fortnite at Gamescom was just absolutely insane. Dude, I heard somebody's like pooed in a bag in the line or something like that. <laughs> did, you, did you hear nah, about that? that? That was just a hilarious shit post, literally. Um, I don't think that really happened, but it, when I saw that, I totally believed it, man, because Q was like ridiculous, and people were queuing up to get a free emote or dance or something. And there was so there was literally thousands of people queuing, literally thousands. I've never seen anything like it. Like, Fortnite is some kind of phenomenon. Like every dev I spoke to had something to say about Fortnite and its effect on the industry. Fortnite is the biggest game on Xbox and on PlayStation. It does more for both the both those systems than could ever be imagined. You know, but yeah. they don't really like it's 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 huge. It's the reason why console sales are up. Like, uh, you know, Matt Piscatellis, like, basically saying, like, the headset sales and controller sales are up because of Fortnite. Like, everything. The industry is up because of Fortnite. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, I, I met, like, a lot of um, headset manufacturers. And they are, they are making headsets specifically for Fortnite. You know, aiming, aiming at the Fortnite market. Like, it's its own market now. It's, it's nuts, man. Yeah, so I mean, PUBG is no slouch. I mean, I know it's not as you know as popular as Fortnite, but it's still like the most played game on Steam. Um, it's still like you know the second biggest battle royale game. It's just going to be really interesting to see how that all shakes out after Call of Duty's black, uh, you know, uh, battle royale mode comes out as well as Battlefields. Although with Battlefield, you don't know because apparently that game is um, that game has some problems. Jez, you want to talk about that real fast? The whole battlefield con- controversy, or as you would say, con- how do you say controversy? Because you say it differently controversy. than I do. Controversy. The Battlefield Five controversy. Oh, what controversy? Well, okay. So uh, supposedly pre-orders are down eighty-five percent from Black Ops Four. Yeah, uh, that, that the game's going to bomb so bad that it's going to affect like EA's stock and their financial guidance for the upcoming quarter. You have like YouTubers making these videos. You know the whole the whole like don't push my don't don't push an agenda women in battlefield that that whole thing of why people are upset because you have executives at EA talking down to their customers calling them uneducated saying accept it or don't buy it and we don't really care you know the guy who says that basically leaves the company I mean there's a whole bunch of like just negative negativity surrounding Battlefield Five, mm. um, which is a game that Microsoft is marketing by the way, and they put out a shit-stained Xbox One X to, to celebrate it. Um, boy, when I thought of a, of a first custom console they do for an Xbox One X, Jez, I did not think of a brown-tinged, like, gradient hey, Xbox One X. It's gold, man. It's gold. It, it doesn't look gold, and I'm saying, like, <laughs> I, the first, I'm like, really, when I was picturing all these different things in my head, I'm like, okay, what are the first custom console going to do for the X? That kind of design was not something I thought about. Like oh it's just it's just kind of gold on the one side, like okay, like you see a lot of thought didn't go into this right, and why is it being put in with Battlefield Five? Like I don't know, but either way, um, I think Battlefield, I think Battlefield's like really that all the negativity surrounding it, and like the the fact that it's stuck in between Black Ops and Red Dead, 
you know, the fact that it's World War II again, and people I think are a little like, I think they're, I think they're kind of like, been there, done that. There, there's a feeling of like, you know what? I don't really need World War II again. Where are my jetpacks and my 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 Waboos? You know. God, I remember when everyone was moaning about jetpacks and stuff, and now now everyone's like, "Oh, where are my jetpacks?" Well, because now they went back and played World War II, and it's like, yeah, yeah, we're, we've grown past this, you know. Besides, Battlefield is known for their modern combat. That's what the series is like. It's strong suit. So, like World War II, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Like we haven't seen much of the campaign. I mean, it doesn't really matter to me if Battlefield Five is a success or a failure. I just there's just so much negativity and toxicity surrounding the conversation around Battlefield. Well, and it's like, like you know, if if it was a dev people didn't already hate, they might have gotten away with it, but um, everyone hates them already. So, like some of the the more toxic elements of the conversation are jumping on EA hate for uh you know for funsies and unfortunately for ea it's not it's not going well for them right <laughs> uh, i the queue for battlefield 5 again i mean there's still interest the queue for battlefield 5 at gamescom was nine hours long no i'm, I'm not saying there's no interest clearly battlefield is a gigantic <laughs> franchise and if you were to, you know like i still think it's going to do well i don't think it's going to do as well as battlefield 1 because um, no, I believe there was more excitement for that game. I believe the marketing was better for. I, I think the marketing for Battlefield Five is pretty bad, to be honest. Like I, I don't, you know what I mean? I, I just mean. there's this, but there's this, this section of the whole social justice warrior versus anti-social justice warrior, the whole female thing, and people talking about agendas and all this stuff that kind of just would that even reach the you know the casual Battlefield player? Would they even really care? Like personally, I don't care. Like you can push your agenda in a video game all the, all all you want. Like, is, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. If there's women in there. What does bother me is, and and not in the sense that like it angers me, but just in the sense of like I'm a business student, right, studying business at school, and I see like executives talk down about their customers. That's yeah. like a no go. You know what I mean? Like I I I see Patrick Southern being like accept the game or don't buy it. And some of our fans are uneducated and that's fine. And I'm like, I get flashbacks to Don Matrick saying, Hey, we got a product for you. It's called a 360." And I'm like, that's not what you want to say. Even if you are in the right, even if you are right about what you're saying, you don't want to call any portion of your fan base uneducated. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. it gets those people riled up and stuff. And I don't know. Uh, so that was that whole thing. And I really don't want to talk that much about the subject matter because then you start getting into social justice warriors and anti-social justice warriors and all that other kind of political. I stuff. just, I just hate, I just hate that whole conversation. Like, there's no, there's no middle ground. There's no dialogue. I just try not to get involved. You know, it's crazy. I, you know, I just want to play games, please. Yes. Let me play games. You want to play games on your Xbox and maybe your PC. You don't want to play games on a PlayStation because you got no space in your room. But you want to get a Switch because you can take it on the go. I don't know if I want to get a Switch now. Oh my god. You gotta decide at one point. You gotta decide. Well, I was thinking Ugh man. Lately I was looking at those new RTX graphics cards and thinking, God, maybe I should get a new gaming rig. <laughs> Jeez. 
I mean, I got, I have a pretty decent. I haven't even used my PC for to play a game yet, and I know I could. You know, it's got a 1080 in it. You know, like it could destroy run it run at 4K and 60 frames on a lot of these games. But I just have no interest in playing games on my PC. You know, but then again, of course, I have 1400 games on my Xbox. It's where all my games are. So it's like, mm. um, I I tend to play games on PC that I can't play on Xbox, like Stellaris. Which, by the way, was announced for Xbox mm-hmm. um, the other day, which I'm really excited about. I was supposed to go and check out Solaris, but I wrote the meeting down wrong in my calendar. So, um, completely threw all my plans out of whack. So, I never actually got a chance to check it out. But um, hopefully, that's good. I mean, they'll have to like completely gut the control system to make it work like they did with City Skylines, but. Ah oh, man, I don't know. I don't think just to close off the Battlefield thing. I don't think. I mean, I do think it's going to be impacted, definitely. But it's kind of like, you know, Patrick, what's his face, is left EA now, right? Yeah. Which did he leave out of his own accord, or was he fired? I wonder. Yeah, it's interesting. So. Battlefield Five. We'll have to wait and see how the reviews pan out uh, for that game, and you know if if this whole con- controversy uh, affects the game at all. But um, let's talk about uh, Inside Xbox, Jazzy. Um, a lot of people upset about it. A lot of people upset about it. Uh, that it's a waste of it? time. No, you want to know why? I didn't watch it. I didn't watch the last Inside Xbox. Look. I realized really quickly that Inside Xbox is not something for me. Number one, it's way too long. Like two hours, an hour and a half does not need to be that long. And I've given my feedback to the proper people about what I, how I think they could improve Inside Xbox. Now, whether they've taken that feedback and done anything with it, who knows. But in my opinion, the Inside Xbox stuff is just way too long. And I, I just, it's just like, Watching E3 is great because you get a whole bunch of new information and new things. Like watching Inside Xbox for two hours, so I can see Major Nelson with his white gloves, and it. it I don't really care. So I'm done watching Inside Xbox. I'm not going to complain about it because I'm I'm over it. I'll just wait for the little newswire piece about everything that was shown off, which we'll go over really quickly. Um, they showed off Forza Horizon 4's team multiplayer action, which prompted a lot of people to say that Forza Horizon 4 has been downgraded uh, from E3. Now, I've seen direct capture footage from, you know, Beetle Comment, Alan Walsh, and other websites that were at Gamescom with direct capture instead of off of stream. And I don't know. It looks just the same. I didn't think Alan was at Gamescom, was he? No, but uh, I think Full Throttle posted, like, direct footage. Um, from it so like i've seen direct footage from people at gamescom game looks just like it was at e3 i don't know if it was a stream or whatever but we won't have long to find out i mean the game comes out in basically a month um shout out to alan by the way he's an awesome dude yeah alan's a great dude so PUBG coming out of game preview on september 4th xbox game pass is getting halo master chief collection on september 1st and they announced a mobile app beta uh for your phone which is cool, but I think maybe a little unnecessary. Like, what's getting an app? Uh, Xbox Game Pass. Oh right, on the phone. Who leaked that? I don't know who who leaked it. You tell me. Oh, it wasn't me. I posted oh, okay. the first hands-on though. I think. 
So the thing, the thing is, like, it, it's cool that there's an app, right? I mean, but like, the idea that like you always need to be connected to an Xbox Game Pass catalog and like instantly be able to download things is just so weird to me because because Xbox Game Pass doesn't add content on the regular; it adds it usually at the beginning of the month. Yeah, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. The thing, the thing about the Game Pass app, it's just like it's just part of the the service as it evolves, right? No, no, I understand. So, like, that. It might I, not be that useful now, but maybe one day it'll like, include the right. streaming. Stuff. And I get it. I'm, I was referring to right now because they don't add that much content, like just randomly where you're out, like you know, shopping and you get a text or whatever. But oh, you know, Rise of the Tomb or Shadow of the Tomb Raider added the Game Pass. Let me download it so I can play it as I go. It's like. They had maybe ten games a month, usually at the beginning, you know, like. But understandable, like you said. Thing, mo- a lot. Most people aren't as connected as us, though. They don't know. I mean, having a notification on you drop on your phone to tell you when a new game's there—that's useful for a normal person. Oh yeah, uh, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying, like, in as the you know program gets bigger and more titles are added at a more frequent pace, then obviously the app will be more beneficial than it is currently right now. But I understand why they made it. Uh, Ori and the Will of Wisps, which we talked about. Uh, Undead Labs, they showed off their Daybreak pack, which was a horde mode. Wow. Uh, Congratulations. Another horde mode for another game. Um, I so disappointed to see that. Disappointed. But, hey. That was the, that was the biggest disappointment of Gamescom for me, was the, the Daybreak pack. But don't you want those guys to stop? I mean, okay, put out Daybreak and just start working on State of Decay 3 and make it way better than State of Decay 2, you know, right? Maybe, but I wanted I wanted some more beef to the base game. I mean, to me, an expansion is like add stuff to the base game, not do like a tacked-on mod, which is essentially what this is. So, I don't know. I I um I spoke to them about it at uh at the show and um I was just kind of like, uh, is this it? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, is, is this all there is? Right. Um, but you know, if if you like horde mode and stuff like that, there are like, um, there are reasons to play it to enhance the base game. Like, for example, in in Daybreak, Daybreak is basically horde mode in State of Decay. You you don't play your own community. You play like a bunch of red talent soldiers trying to defend the position. Um, and you get like you get prestige for doing that. It's a new currency, and um, the more prestige you get, you can buy blueprints for and prefabs for things in the base game. So you kind of like buy super weapons to use in your base community and stuff like that. And um, you know they did they did tease to me that this wasn't going to be the last DLC for State of Decay as well. Um, and I've heard a couple of things about. State of the case future beyond this uh, horde mode thing, but I agree with you. I would like to see. I want to see triple A state of decay, not double A state of decay. I mean, Microsoft definition of state of triple A might be different from the rest of us, but I want to see my definition of triple A in in back. You know, it's interesting to talk about that because Matt Booty ran some interviews during Gamescom. You know about like why they bought Ninja Theory mm-hmm. and like what they're looking at continuing to buy new studios. Like they're looking at teams of 50 to a hundred and they're not necessarily looking to like bump up Ninja theory to a triple a developer. Uh, they just want Ninja theory to make the game. You know what I mean? Like they just want, they, they're looking at developers who are like going to make games in a two to three year cadence, you know, for game for games pass. 
for Games Pass, yeah, because as we all know, and we said a long time ago, Game Pass is a very, very, very important part of Xbox's future. Um, but I like, like I know that, we've talked about this before, how like Game Pass will lower quality. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just out of touch now or something. But I. And you know, I do enjoy these smaller experiences, but it's not what I want from an exclusive game. Well, what I want from an exclusive game is God of War. Right. Like we all thought like when when Microsoft bought out the studios, which they absolutely needed to do, and yes, they should have done it years ago, but that's neither here nor there. It's like the past is the past. We all thought it was a great move. And a couple of the studios are really good. But like me and you both thought, like, okay, God, like Ninja Theory is a great developer, they make great games, Hellblade is so amazing was made by 20 people in like four years and you know they had other teams doing other stuff imagine what like if you put the entirety of of ninja theory on another game 100 people making something instead of 20 what could they make oh it'd be so great but then you read the interviews and you're like doesn't really sound like that's gonna happen it's just that ninja you know ninja theory is gonna maybe have 40 people on the title and then some still some other teams i'm not really gonna grow it so like i'm a little concerned like with undead labs i hope that like They'll grow organically, maybe. I mean, like, look. I mean, for example, I look at Cy- I look at um, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Right, I played The Witcher one. That was a rough game. Uh-huh. <laughs> Have you played The Witcher one? I've played The Witcher two, which was a pretty damn good game. But the jump in quality from Witcher two to Witcher three was very noticeable. So I'd imagine the jump in quality from Witcher one to Witcher two. Jump in quality from Witcher one to Witcher two is galactic <laughs> that's probably the best way of putting it but it, it shows like how much the studio's grown you know and then you've got the then you've got like cyberpunk where they're not sitting on their laurels you know they could have just made another third person sort of action rpg but they've gone full-blown like deus ex mode with like you know fully explorable environments and stuff like that it's nuts man Right, so, like, a part of me thought, like, okay, so Undead Labs, they got, like, 50 people. Okay, I understand why State of Decay 2 is the way it is. But now part of Microsoft Studios, they grow, they get access to more tech, all this stuff. And boom, you get State of Decay 3 AAA shared world experience. But reading, like, some of the interviews with, like, Phil and, you know, uh, Matt, it's just, like, I'm not necessarily confident that that situation is going to happen, you know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, that that they might just keep making State of Decay the way it is, and there might be a slight improvement. But I guess that's something we'll find out in the future. Um, you know, I thought like Ninja Theory, like okay, so now you know there's 130 people, and all 130 people are being working on one game. Where it sounds like that's not necessarily the case. They're still going to have teams, um, but we'll have to wait and see how all, all that stuff definitely pans out. But. Um, they also talked about Sea of Thieves Forsaken Shores coming September 19th um, with, uh, you know, I guess there's volcanoes and stuff. A lot of stuff coming in September for some of these Game Pass games. Stay of the K, Sea of Thieves. Um, well, when you don't have a big exclusive, except for Forza, that's what you do, yeah. right? They showed off a new trailer for Devil May Cry 5. Devil May Cry 5's trailer that was like the best thing at the show. And that comes out I haven't seen it yet, actually. It's, dude, it's so awesome. Uh, Fallout, The Vision 2. Uh, they also debuted the Dark Pictures from Until Dawn developer Supermassive Games, uh, uh, which first one comes out next year. That game looks really cool. See, I like new trailers. Like That's what I like inside Xbox for. 
like and i don't really even mind like the developer interviews but like the thing that kind of bugs me is like the uh focus on oh i'll say this properly the over focus on accessories like controllers like talking about the PUBG controller which cool PUBG controller great you know oh okay we got like a little uh you know um grip on the trigger cool but like i don't really think it needs like a 5 minute segment on inside xbox you know, i'll be i'll be straight up with you man i'm increasingly sort of bored with what xbox is doing and i get why they're doing a lot of this stuff it's like yeah we we you know we're setting up for the future we're you know focusing on game pass and accessories makes a lot of money and all that sort of stuff but it's just not what I'm interested in as a gamer. You know, it's not what I'm interested in. Um, like I used to get excited about Xbox's place in the wider Windows ecosystem and, and stuff that we're doing there, but all that's gone now. You know, Xbox is just, you know, a, a standalone thing now. Like the whole connectivity between Windows and Xbox, it's just no longer a focus. If there's like anything that isn't focused on finding new markets is out the window and the, the the thing we find in new markets is is that it's leaving existing markets behind i.e me and you i don't i don't think we are a big interest of microsoft anymore you know the the whole idea of making these big triple a games and um bringing us these like big exclusives and stuff that that doesn't seem to fit into microsoft's short-term business model anymore like a lot of those old Xbox features are just, you know, dead now. Like Upload Studio is sort of dead. Uh, you know, it hasn't been updated for a million years. The, the whole UWP trend is grind to a halt. You know, there hasn't been like any sort of any notable big additions to Xbox Play Anywhere for a while now. Remember, like, we had like Resident Evil and like yeah, Sh- Shadow, Shadow of War. Those are like, feels like that was it. That was it. We got Resident Evil, Shadow of War, and that's it. No more, no more big name third party Xbox Play Anywhere games. Um, it's just uh, you know all that stuff I thought was cool is just no longer a priority, which is fine. You know, maybe I'm not where the money is, but it's hard to get excited about Game Pass. You know, it's hard to get excited about an app for Game Pass. It's hard to get excited about game streaming because I just don't really care that much and i don't i don't care i don't want to play games with touch controls on the screen you know who who wants to do that right well i think i think i think this whole like inside xbox thing the problem i have with it the reason i don't watch it is is it's a pr show it's an xbox pr show and literally everything in the show could be a youtube video or a press release there's no reason to do the show it literally could just be here's a new controller here's new trailer Here's this. Here's that. Oh, here's the ten minute like Dave and Buster's thing or whatever for the Halo. It's like doesn't need to be its own show. That's kind of the thing. It's like, and I realized that a couple months ago, which is why I stopped watching it, and which is why I, in my prediction video, if anybody you guys out there listened to it, I basically said ain't gonna be nothing there. I know people were like, oh, they're gonna show more Gears Five and they're gonna announce Fable Four and oh my god, we're gonna get more Halo Infinite news. I'm like, no, that's not going to happen. Like. You're going to get Ori, and you'll get some, you know, Game Pass thing. And you know what I wish they'd do with Inside Xbox more is give a voice to other developers. You know, I felt like when they, when they had um, Sean from the, you know, Hello Games for No Man's Sky, 
and they did an interview with him. I thought that was interesting content. You know, it was insightful and stuff like that. They should have more indie devs on to talk about their games who, who like, can't afford the big marketing push and the big marketing budget. Do that. You know, that's useful. But a 10-minute segment on an arcade machine, only, like, 1% of the Xbox player base is ever going to get access to? Less than 1%. And the, and the idea of, like, yeah. you'd rather run a 10-minute Dave & Buster's Halo thing and not something about Crackdown 3... Yeah, I, I, I don't understand. You yeah, know. you're right. I mean, like, the Halo Dave & Buster's, okay, fine, that's cool that you made it. I'll never play it because there's not one around me. And I would imagine, like you said, 99% of the Xbox audience is never going to get a chance to even try it. So what's the point? But either way... Um, it feels like vanity. You know, it's like... No, yeah, what it, what it feels what, like... Look, look what we did. It's to, like, to me, well, great, I can't, I can't play that. So why are you shoving it in my face? To me, yeah. what it feels as like is Xbox has nothing in the short term to show, so they're trying to fill it out with whatever they possibly can. They don't. They don't. And, you know, we E3 was great, gave us a roadmap for the future, but, like, now you have to look at the reality. There is nothing for the short term. There is nothing. And... um. It's it's going to be a long slog, man. You know, I hate to I hate to use a World of Warcraft analogy here, <laughs> but it reminds me of like World of Warcraft expansions where some there have been WoW expansions where Blizzard has changed direction and decided, you know what, instead of continuing to support this expansion, which is unpopular, we're going to wipe the slate clean and start working on a new expansion. But the the problem with that is there's a year there'll be a year where people are stuck with the same content or the same raid tier. And there won't be anything to do for a whole year. Play based windows because there's nothing to do. And uh, you know, and then when the big expansion comes out, a lot of people come back. But it feels like we're in that we're in a sort of dark period with Xbox where there's just nothing on the horizon in the on the near term horizon to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, sorry if that's like super negative, but that's just what it feels like, you know. And that's why it's a great time now to consider a second console like a PlayStation or a Switch because, you know, if you are exhausting what is on Xbox or you're not super interested in, you know, the the double A's or the indies, and there are still going to be tons of great third-party AAA games which run best on the X, but that brand excitement just isn't there at the minute. And... um. Well, it- well, they certainly had a lot of bundles at the show. I don't like they literally put out a bundles guide. Like we, it's like it's almost what Inside Xbox was for. It's like you have the Player Unknown Battlegrounds controller, which is like seventy bucks. You have the Design Lab camo and shadow controllers, which they're adding, right? Which you can get those for seventy bucks. You have the two Tomb Raider bundles, an S and an X version. You have the two Forza Horizon bundles, an S and an X version. You have the what? three versions of battlefield five um or is it one version uh no you have the 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 x version the s version plus the gold rush one which is the custom console then you have two fallout 76 bundles and like i know i know people give shit to sony all the time about the stickers on their consoles right like spider-man and like star wars and stuff but at least Sony tries to do something for the custom consoles. You know, like any any game they have any sort of like high profile marketing for, they try to do a custom console. Like Xbox is just like, yeah, we'll just put it on the front of the box. Like, w- why isn't there a custom console for Forza Horizon 4? For that matter, if you're doing custom controllers, why isn't there a Forza Horizon 4 custom controller? 
You know what but I mean? It's like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Really, it's like either they could do like a rush job, sort of, and put a sticker on it, and people say, "Oh, why isn't this good as the the Gears of War one with the laser True. etching?" But they had two years to think about a Forza Horizon Four custom console. I mean, you know what I mean? Like they know three sold extremely well. It's not like four is coming out of nowhere. So I don't know. They they have all this stuff. That's basically what inside Xbox is, and quite frankly. I'm never going to watch another one. I'm just going to wait for the press release after, and if there's any new trailers, I'll just watch them afterwards. I don't think it's worth the time, or at least worth my time. Now, I'm not saying it's not worth anybody else's time. It's just not worth my time anymore, because I realize exactly what the show is for. Um, and I wasn't expecting anything, and I, I think the people that were expecting something ended up disappointing themselves. Um, but yeah. But... um. That's probably not the biggest news this week. The biggest news was your article, your leak uh, that you know you, you you talked about Xbox All Access, and then yeah. Tom Warren backed you up on it, right? And well, it turns out that Tom Warren actually tweeted this a few weeks ago. Did. I, did. I didn't I didn't see his tweet, or did. if I did, I forgot about it. But um, I was given the information, the pricing information on Monday. Um, and I uh, wrote that up in an article on Tuesday, um, <clears throat> but I, you know, I'd seen I'd seen rumors about it, but I got like the full details on Monday, and um, like, so for those who don't know, Xbox All Access was a a rumored thing first teased by Tom Warren on Twitter, and then I leaked it in full, and then Tom corroborated it with his own sources, which I I believe are completely separate to mine. Um, Basically, Xbox All Access is an upcoming financing service from the Microsoft Retail Store and possibly other retailers, although that's not confirmed yet, um, that basically you'll be able to spread the cost of an Xbox One, Xbox Live Gold, and Xbox Game Pass over two years, and it works out slightly cheaper than buying them up front, not including sales. So... um, so on that basis, it's like a really great option for people who maybe don't want to buy it all up front, but they're happy to spread the cost out like many of us do with mobile phones. Like who wants not many people pay up front for an $1,000 iPhone. So why not apply that to consoles, you know? And um, uh, there are already third-party companies who do this, but they, they often do it with interest. So like Microsoft is undercutting them in a big way. Um, uh, <clears throat> on that basis, so like it's uh you know good for consumers who you know like for example in the UK there's a I can't remember what they're called now there's a, there's a company where you can literally rent things like this but the interest they charge is insane like ridiculous so you can rent like PlayStations and TVs and all sorts of stuff from them they charge crazy amounts of interest Microsoft is like no nope, we're not going to let people charge interest you can have it without interest. So that's that's basically what it is. But, you know, a lot of people were excited about this and saying it was cool, it's going to bring more gamers in to Game Pass and stuff like that. And maybe it will, but we both talked about this round, that it's ultimately going to be limited by its availability. And right now, it's looking like it might only be available through US Microsoft stores, which ain't yeah. a big audience. Well... So that's that's the thing. I in my I made a video about it, right? And I and the first point I made in my video was like, how this takes off 
greatly and most importantly depends on where you're able to get this, right? Mm. If you can walk into Best Buy, Amazon, Walmart, GameStop, and they all have it, then it could be huge. It could be, as some would say, a game changer or a megaton. However, both you and Tom Warren, Tom Warren said it's only going to be Microsoft stores, only U.S. You've said basically similar things. If that's true, which I believe it is, because why would GameStop and Amazon and Best Buy bother doing this? It doesn't help them out in any way, shape, or form because, like, just look at what you're getting. Like, there's no interest charge, basically. They're basically giving you, like, a free console so you can be locked into Game Pass for two years so Microsoft can then go to developers and say, hey, we have, you know, more users here, right? But the fact that just like they when they tried this on the 360... Because you recall, they did this on the 360. You could get an Xbox 360 four gigabyte with the Connect, and for ninety nine dollars, for ninety nine dollars down, and for fifteen bucks a month, uh, you could get an Xbox 360. But it didn't really take off because the problem was it was only available at Microsoft stores. So mm-hmm. I see this huge conversation everywhere I go. I'm on Twitter. People are talking about this positively and negatively. People are on podcasts theorizing about how this is going to change the fortunes of xbox how millions of people are going to be suddenly in here and how it's nothing but a great thing and sure enough it it's it is an option and options are great but it's just like let's just bring it back down to reality for a single second here guys like it's going to be available at the microsoft store and only the microsoft store which there are of what 30 stores in the united states yeah like 99 99- there are there are some rumors that it could come to the Microsoft Digital Store, but even that is quite limited in its um in its reach. You know, how many people do you know know that Microsoft has a store, a digital store where they sell sell things? You know, um, so the, it really needs to hit some of the big retailers to to see real traction. Yeah, I, like I agree, but said, the big re- the big, benefit for them. Yeah, the big retailers wouldn't bother to do that. There's nothing in it for them. And like we all know GameStop doesn't give a shit about Game Pass and a lot of these other comp- you know retailers don't either. So why are they going to do it? So I just I, I just caution everybody to like think with your heads here for a minute. Don't get like taken away about like oh this is going to save Xbox or whatever because I've seen that sentiment thrown around too. This is going to save Xbox. Well, first off, Xbox doesn't need saving. Yeah, it's not selling as much as the PlayStation or the Nintendo Switch. So I guess if losing qualifies as needing saving, then I guess Pepsi needs to be saved from Coke too, as well. You know what I mean? But it, this is this is this is just one of those things where it's going to be a Microsoft Store promotion, and it's like, hey, do you have a Microsoft Store around you? Do you can you drive to it? If so, you might be able to pick this up. If not, it's gonna it's not going to matter. Just like Dave and Buster's thing where me and Jess said that 99% of all Xbox gamers will never even get a chance to even try it out. 99% of all the gaming populace who, who like buy stuff on Amazon and Best like they're not even going to have a chance to even know about this. So it's, it's a non-starter. Yeah, it's cool to think about like, oh man, I could sign up for two years and get Game Pass and live in this console. Oh, that's so amazing. Like more people are going to do this, but then you realize it's like going to be available in 25 stores. And that's it. And you're going to think to yourself, well, if it's only available in 25 stores and they did this once before and it didn't go very well, it's not going to go very well here. 
Like, so like how it helps out Microsoft is probably not going to be very much. You're talking maybe thousands of people, maybe tens of thousands at most. But like when I hear like millions, I just kind of sit there and just like shake my head a little bit. I'm sure like um, Microsoft is probably not too happy about it leaking like this because I don't think they had originally planned for it to be a big announcement because um, I think I kind of got the impression and not the confirmation that uh, a lot of people at Xbox didn't even know what it was. <laughs> and I think that's because it's um, it's uh, it's sort of a, it's just a feature from the Microsoft Store team from what I understand. It's like being spearheaded by the Microsoft Store team and not necessarily Xbox itself. Um, so on that basis, I don't think it was supposed to have such a big announcement or big fanfare and stuff like that. It was supposed to be just sort of Maybe it was supposed to just be announced literally on the front page of the Microsoft Store, and that's it. And not even given a huge press release. I don't know. But I was told that it was going to be made public on Monday. So we'll see if that pans out. If that happens, obviously plans can change, and they often do when leaks happen. But um, I would hope that, you know, if they do, if they, you know, if this option is popular and it, it's certainly caused a stir in the community, you know, maybe yeah. there's a chance they could roll out more broadly. But the community always looks for positive Xbox news to like, you know, to lift up. And then the PlayStation community, like the, the really bad ones are always looking for, you know, ways to, you know, put it yeah. down. Right. So like people are look hear this news and it sounds great. Like, Hey, you can get an, an Xbox one S for 22 and an X for 35. Like that's pretty cool. Like that's cheap. Mm. And you know, I could do that or whatever, but then like, so you start thinking, you start pie in the sky and it's like, Oh man, if it was available everywhere and Microsoft could run commercials, imagine Microsoft running commercial where it was for a Tomb Raider, be like, and get an Xbox one S for $22 a month. Like, oh man, that could sell a lot of, but then, but then they, they run with the whole idea and then they get attacked by PlayStation fans. So then you defend it. It's all the console war stuff, but like, no, imagine though, imagine, I mean, it's the logical extrapolation to make. Like, what if it was popular? What if they did run TV ads about it? I know. What if it did, what if it did get as big as like mobile? It could, it could, but it would need to be everywhere. It would literally need to be at Best Buy, like every store. Like for that to actually happen, and maybe maybe they do the test run here at the Microsoft stores, and it's super successful, and they can convince the other retailers, you know, to do it. But like we said, like what's in it for them? What's in it for Best Buy? Like why is Best Buy going to do that stuff and basically, you know, sell you? Yeah, sell it short. Like they're they they, you know, they're they're not going to. And like cell phones, yeah, it's a cell phone model which we all know know works. But everybody in the world needs a cell phone. Well, I guess need is a strong word here. Uh, but people, cell phones is more of a necessity than a video game console. A video game console is a luxury, right? You can kind of classify these days a cell phone as a necessity the way our current society is. And there's billions of people here and they need cell phones. And nobody really wants to drop a thousand bucks for a new iPhone, but they're willing to pay more for it over the course of time or adding on to the bill. That's not the same with the Xbox. So... Well, I appreciate my fellow Xbox fans getting excited about this. I do kind of have to wonder, be like, you know what? It's cool to get excited about it, but don't you already have an Xbox? Like, I have an Xbox One X. What does Xbox All Access do for me? Jack Diddley squat. 
You know what I mean? Like this is like it's like it's it would just be for new users. Now, what I would want to see from Microsoft because this would directly benefit me, and I don't really see anybody talking about this, is where is my combined subscription for Xbox Game Pass and Xbox Live Gold? That is weird. Like, where is that? Like, well, that, that, this is this is what I'm talking about earlier when I said it feels like a lot of their current movements have been towards finding new markets and finding you know new gamers, which is important what they need to do. But it feels like what is their what are they working on for existing users? You know, where is uh, the Game Pass Xbox Live combo subscription stuff like that? So. I don't know where it is. I mean, it, it, it seems it, like a slam Find dunk. It. I don't know. It seems like a slam dunk. You have people that subscribe to both. <laughs> Why not make a, a subscription that's slightly cheaper and you only have to manage one? I don't know. So I think people I think people get excited at the prospect of Xbox selling more consoles, right? Well, the, the thing, the, the end of the day, more consoles means more influence, means more games, means better games, means better deals, you know, it's, it's the fact that Sony has a market share does lead to you know more content being on their platform. Like there's a lot of games that simply don't release on Xbox because there's no presence in Japan, you know. And um, so there is there is something to be said that if there is more console players, then in theory it should make the platform better too. But I don't think most people think like that. Most people are just like, yeah, it's my brand. I want the brand to win. It's like a sport, you know. Yeah. So if if this does get announced on Monday, and if it's at more stores than the Microsoft Store, I'll take back everything I said in the podcast. Of course, my statements from my original video remain valid because I led with that. I just don't think, number one, that this is that important of a thing because of it's based on its availability. And for existing Xbox users, it's like, what do you get out of it? Unless, see, here's the thing, and we don't even know much about, look, is there early termination fees? Is this going to be like a step-up program? Like, we we kind of know, or at least think that the Xbox Scarlet or Next Generation Xbox is coming in two years. Will this have a thing where if it's a two-year thing and you sign up now and you you do the two years, do you get hooked up for an Xbox Scarlet for another two years? There's a lot of things that you'd have to consider before you'd even want to, you know, drop your money down or get it on credit. But man, I don't know. I I still think it's going to be severely limited in its uh, take up. And the people like talking about how it's going to change the future of Xbox are just, they're not really thinking logically because they just, I think they just want Xbox to get any sort of victory over PlayStation that they can then go and like, shout to the rooftops about like, oh, this one, Xbox is winning, finally. You know, I've been I've been right all this whole time. But that's not what this program's for, really. I don't know. You feel that sometimes, Jazz, that people just don't really think logically when it comes to Xbox a lot of times. They they think with their emotions. Well yeah. I mean on both sides. And PlayStation too. It's especially embarrassing when it's like grown adults and stuff. Right, when you're when you're fifty years old or forty years old and you're like doing all that stuff. Like I, I just kind of shake my head. Like, man, my head. how did this happen? It's 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 a video game console. Have passion have passion for the hobby, but it's like people take it too far and too seriously. Well, here's here's the other like factor on all this, right? 
So everybody's running with the rumor because it's a rumor, right? It hasn't been confirmed by Microsoft. Uh, we don't know like all the details about it, but let's just say what me and you say happens. It's only available at Microsoft stores, so the availability is extremely limited, so it doesn't take off. I guarantee you people who were hyping this up will then go on podcasts and make videos talking about how Microsoft is out of touch yet again. You know what I mean? Like They hyped it up to their audience and themselves, and because it wasn't what they thought it was going to be, that and now they that realize that yeah now they realize that it's not going to have <laughs> the impact then that and that now Microsoft is out of touch and they don't know what they're doing and how could you do this how could you be so stupid I guarantee you that will happen guaranteed you know yeah. it's 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 not like it's my fault for getting uh you know overhyped for something that I have no use for uh it's Microsoft's fault for not having this available everywhere. Like, how could you not have it at Best Buy and Amazon? Uh, okay. Like, come on now. And, and I know what's going to happen, and it'll happen on both sides. The people, you know, downplaying on PlayStation side will suddenly be super happy that, like, it's, like, you know, not going to do anything. Like, oh, see, told you. You know, because now you have now you have PlayStation fans calling Xbox, what, the welfare box? Or rent-a-box? Oh, you know? I, saw, I saw, like... There's a, there's a Twitter account called Worst Gamer Takes, and that that welfare box thing was on there. Yeah, so it, it's, it's ridiculous how the mental gymnastics on both sides. Like people spin it into something that is like amazing, like going to be super, you know, change everything. And then there's other people who are like, oh my god, it's it's stupid for this reason, and it's like just total mental gymnastic. Yeah, uh, man, I don't know. I don't know. There's, so, there's so many games. There's so many amazing games at Gamescom that I just, I just couldn't bring myself to care about anything console related. Yeah, but for some people, it's like a twenty four seven job. You know, mm-hmm. Twitter, YouTube. But if there was one game, Jazz, that took your attention at at, at uh, Gamescom, what what game would it be? Well. Cyberpunk, man. Cyberpunk? Cyberpunk felt like it was in a league of its own, frankly. So, like, uh, other than Cyberpunk, I mean, I'll just shout out some of the, the the best games that I saw at Gamescom. Like, Cyberpunk, obviously, was just well well ahead of everything else. Um, it almost felt unfair to the other games how good Cyberpunk was. But um, Rage 2 was also incredibly fun to play. Um incredibly satisfying gunplay like splattering enemies with a shotgun just feels great um and you've got dying light 2 which was true which was truly intriguing it was like they've sort of dialed back the wacky weapons of of the first game and sort of gone with something a bit more serious a bit more realistic now like set in a post society you know fictional city in america and it's like um the most of the zombies are gone now. The, the zombies only come out at night, and they're too photosensitive to come out in the day. So they like hide in special nests and stuff like that, which are like great for looting because nobody wants to go there because they're full of sleeping zombies. Um, but like everything about Dying Light Two was improved. Like the parkour was improved, the melee combat was improved, the narrative systems are improved. Um, Chris Avalone is 
uh, leading the narrative team on that game. So it has like a branching narrative, choice and consequence, and all that sort of stuff. A lot like the perfect sequel, like the you know what you expect from a sequel. That's what's going on in Dying Light Two. And I played Metro Exodus quite a lot. Um, I played it both on PC and Xbox One X. Absolutely blew me away. Absolutely gorgeous game, like stunning, stunning game. It's sort of like they took about everything they learned from Metro Last Light, applied it to Metro Exodus. It's like this wide linear sort of game. It's not open world. It's sort of like connected large areas, kind of like Tomb Raider, I guess. Yeah, Shadow of the Tomb, um, Rise of the Tomb Raider. God, I wish they just called them Tomb Raider One, Two, and Three. Why don't they do that? But um, but yeah, it's uh, that looks excellent too, and Ori was excellent really really fun to play super fluid you're gonna love it man i know you will i know and, uh, a mutant year zero as well like i played mutant year zero mutant year zero for those who don't know is sort of it's a sort of adventure slash turn-based tactics sort of game um it has like that sort of RP- old school rpg feel where it's like top down kind of like wasteland 2 tried to do and then, like, the combat is more like XCOM, where it's grid-based tactics. Um, very interesting game. Like, it's got a giant duck in it um, with moth wings, which is very strange. It sounds wacky, but the plot, I was told, is actually quite serious. So I'm intrigued to learn more about that, because they wouldn't tell us much about the plot. It's sort of, like, shrouded in mystery. But people want to know about Cyberpunk Jazz, if it's literally as awesome as everybody says it is. Or if it's just if it's just hype. It's not hype. It's not hype. You gotta believe the hype, man. I like I've said I've said I would I wrote a preview, but like my honest recommendation is don't read any previews and don't listen to this segment where I talk about Cyberpunk. Go in completely blind. If you liked games like Deus Ex and you know, um, and and Witcher Three, and you trust CD Projekt Red? Going completely blind and have your mind blown, like I had mine, my mind blown on Thursday when I saw that demo. Um, but for those who do want some information, I'm going to try and keep this as spoiler-free as possible, and just sort of <sighs> this is what you can expect from Cyberpunk 2077. It is superficially similar to Deus Ex Human Revolution and Mankind Divided in the sense that it's a first-person game, but that really doesn't do it justice uh, in terms of the scope. It's like it's like Deus Ex Mankind Divided on steroids and then some, but combining game systems from all sorts of other games into this glorious cyberpunk hole that just won't have an equal when it launches it won't have an equal no game will be able to equal this if it if it if the if the full product is anything like what we were showing on thursday it won't have an equal it was like it's got an open world like gta where you can drive around in the car it's got like really hyper detailed interiors like deus ex where you can like find vents to crawl through and stealth around and stuff it's got a really detailed a fluid uh, class-based system, kind of like, almost like Fallout, where you choose your perks to make you class. Like, you can be a cyborg ninja using a katana, chopping people up in slow motion, like you're Raiden from Metal Gear Rising. You can be a badass hacker with a 
you know, gigantic shotgun that penetrates through walls. You can get like a smart pistol like Titanfall, which shoots bullets around corners and, you know, all sorts of crazy abilities were shown. And it's all, I mean, you can't use all of them at once too. You have to like, you have to choose like how many augments you have in your body. You can't literally have every single augment and be everything. You have to like, you have to like decide right what playstyle do I want, and now what mods do I want to my body to make that happen. And when you go to mod your body, you're not just modding your body; you're actually modding your heads-up display too. Like everything in the game is part of the game's lore. There are no menus; that all the menus are in the game. So like the menus, like. Um, to change things are either on a computer screen in the game or they're in augmented reality in the operating system embedded in your brain. And um, when you go to get upgrades, it's not just like a magical thing where you go to a vendor and it's like, oh no, you've been upgraded. You have to go to a doctor's clinic and then you sit down in the doctor's chair and that like the dude pulled out my eyeball still connected to my brain wirelessly and put my eyeball on a table and I could see my own body with, with the eyeball that had been pulled out of my head. And, um, he did like modifications on my eyeball so I could see my bullet count in my heads up display, um, which is a mod. And also now I can use telescopic vision because I've upgraded my eyeball. And, um, and also he upgraded, upgraded my hand, which, um, allowed me to see and change weapon modes on uh on the fly and stuff like that and like get guns have alternate fire modes too dude there was just so much to it there's just so much to it and like it's got a full-blown character creation system um you can choose a backstory for your character like mass effect which affects um which affects the narrative each quest had multiple ways to complete them like it was it's it felt almost like um again it felt like old school fallout like fallout new vegas where your skills can open new dialogue options like you ha- if you're hacking skills high enough you can lie better to someone who's jacking into the usb port in your skull and stuff like that um i'm honestly not doing the game any justice because it was just you you have to see it to believe it you know or you can only like imagine what i'm saying but it was just insane, man. And there's environmental destruction too. Like, <laughs> there's just things that are features in other games. It just felt like Cyberpunk had everything. Like, there's this one scene where um, it was like the lobby scene from The Matrix, where you're trying to, they were trying to get some guy. And he was just spraying a shotgun through the wall, and the wall was getting destroyed, and bits of table were flying all over the place, and all this was in slow motion too. Lots of bullet time in this game, like definitely some Matrix influence there. Like the bullet time is like supposed to represent your heightened senses. You can take drugs, which give you you know enhancements in combat, drug inhalers, and stuff like that. It was just <laughs> it was there was car chases. Like gun, so, the game was everything on the road. You, you ever wanted, is what you're saying. It was everything. It, the game was everything. It's got like, boobs. Cops. Yes, it has lots of nudity. It's very 18 rated. Oh Put it man. That way. Full so, frontal male and female nudity. So eighteen. when do you think we're gonna get it? Oh, you know, people are saying 2021, 2022, 2020. When well, do you think we're gonna be able to finally play Cyberpunk 2077? They said today that um, 
they said today that they uh, the game is fully playable to completion now, which means they've got the groundwork down, but they'll spend like a long time polishing it up, maybe adding new little features here and there. So like, I think 2020 at the latest, I don't think this is going to go past then. It's not going to be like one of those development hell sort of games. I think CD Projekt Red know what they're doing. The game is just incredible. I'm not going to... I'm personally not going to read any more information about it unless unless like I have to for work. Like if they offer me an interview or something or offer me a preview, then I'll do it for work. But if I can avoid it, I'm not going to read anything else about the game. I'm going to book a week off work or try to and then just immerse myself in this game. I'm totally sold. Totally, totally sold. It's going to be uh, amazing. I'm pretty convinced. Kutopsy wants to know if you know what engine it's running on. I don't know. Isn't it their own engine? I, I don't, don't. Is it the Witcher engine? I don't know. <clears throat> I have no idea. I don't think... I think it might be their own engine, but don't quote me on that. I don't know 100%. See, they already, they, they already did announce this game <laughs> for next gen. So I'm just wondering if like this comes out... If you launch like w- if it would be a staggered launch in the sense that like it's out now for Xbox Two, PS Five, Xbox One, and PlayStation Four. Well, put it well, put it this way: they take a lot of inspiration from Rockstar. They've said that in previous interviews. So I think like they'll release it on cross-gen, like they did with GTA Five. Right, will be released next gen with upgrades. Will it be released on cross-gen at the same time, or will it be like Grand Theft Auto, where it was like? 2013 for Grand Theft Auto 5, but then a year later you had the remastered version, you know, on next gen. Uh, I have I have no idea. Mm. Shout out to the indie gamer for the super chat. He says, "Awesome show as always, boys. Keep on rocking it. Thank you for the support." Thanks, pal. Um, it's going to be worth the wait. Put it that way. Like, I will wait. I will wait a long time for that to be perfected because I think it's going to be an event when that game launches. If it, if it's anything like what they showed us, it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a big, big event. Like it's going to be magic if if it, if they okay. nail everything. So I got a question for you. Say they do it like Grand Theft Auto Five comes out twenty twenty on Xbox One and PlayStation Four, twenty twenty one for PlayStation Five and Xbox Two. Do you play it right away? on these consoles or do you wait a year to play it on the next gen consoles i play it right away because you know i mean it's not it's the the graphics are going to be great but like at the end of the day it's that story i want it's that branching narrative i want that's where the beef of the game is for me so i'm not gonna I, i would not be able to wait to play it personally but you know everyone's different yeah i don't know that's just interesting because because like for this game, for seeing like how amazing it is, or right? everybody talks about it, you know, you're talking about it. Uh, Maka saw it at E3, and like, oh my god, you know, I've had I've had someone tell me, you know, that it's like uh, basically that Cyberpunk is just so far beyond any other game currently being made. And this was a person that is you know high up in the industry that it makes you wonder. It's like, man, if this game did come out for current gen first and then for next gen i don't know if you could wait because imagine when when it does launch like the the talk will be all about cyberpunk and if you missed I'll it i'll buy it on both man I'll buy it well on yeah both. i'll buy it on both too but um i don't know man i would need to play it right away even if i knew it was coming down the road on you know for a different system uh you know where it would be better 
I just I just would need to play it like immediately. You know what I mean? So God, like I'm so excited for Cyberpunk. Like just just watching that reveal trailer and all the different things there. I know it wasn't gameplay, but like just the just oh jeez, man. Like no other game is doing doing what they're doing, man. And I don't know I don't the, know how it was the there was so much, man. Like there was one there was one scene where I was just like my jaw was on the floor. Like the character V, the main character's called V. She slid into an enemy in slow motion, cut his legs off with a katana in slow motion, and switched to a shotgun and blasted his face off while he was spinning in the air, having his legs sliced off. It was just it was nuts, man. It was like first person Metal Gear Rising, but with modern graphics. It was just crazy. It was just absolutely crazy. What do you think about the whole controversy that happened over the tweet this weekend or this past couple days? Don't care. Don't care. <laughs> don't care whatsoever. I mean, I don't. Do you kind of feel that sometimes Twitter is just a bad place to be? Sometimes that people Dude, just Twitter, get Twitter is a terrible place to be. Like, <laughs> but like, I wish I could quit, but it's like I kind of can't because I need it for work. But uh, I just. I just, you know, I just feel bad for those guys now. Some social media intern or whatever said the wrong thing, and now it's now it's become a, you know, the the ethics of the game has become a big focus now. That's the thing. You always got to be mindful of what you say, anywhere you say it, whether it's on YouTube or Twitter, you know? I saw it with, like, James Gunn and all the stuff he said previously before doing Guardians of the Galaxy that people went back and looked at. You got to be careful about what you post, you know, in the era of like Wendy's roasting other companies on Twitter. You know, now you have it's like, man, you better be careful. You know, like people, people get upset about like literally everything these days. You know, I, I thought it was, you know, pretty harmless joke, but yeah, but I guess, I I guess, I guess it wasn't. Some people were upset. My yeah, it's not for me to say. Thumbs the rubs, man. Thumbs the, the, the rubs. Um. Yeah, so I don't know. Any anything else you want to talk about? Anything else that's really pressing? I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just sort of. You talked about cyberpunk, and I'm just sort of in cyberpunk mode in a war again, remembering, wishing that my brain was as good. And remembering things is you know, so, so why why are CD Project Red so far ahead of everybody else? I don't know. I, I have to think about this. Like I I really really don't know what makes CD Project Red. Like you you look at The Witcher One now. We talked about it earlier. Look at The Witcher One, and like if you said to so, someone who played The Witcher One, which is you know a decent game at the time, but my God, it had problems. Look at that, and then look at what they're doing with Cyberpunk. It's like, how did they get to this level so quick? Um, they do own um, goodoldgames.com. So, like, they do have, like, the whole retail business, which is probably pumping more money into them than maybe some other studios probably get. But, you know, it's kind of like, man... It's just it just feels like magic what they what they're doing. 
<laughs> Witcher 3 was amazing, you know, it was absolutely amazing, but it didn't feel like the, the revolution that Cyberpunk feels like it could be. No. Rock, like, rock, like Rockstar really has someone like legit competition now in that space for those kind of games. It's going to be interesting to see how Red Dead Redemption you know, come takes out, right? Like, comes out... I feel like they're, they're coming for Bethesda's A-team and Rockstar's A-team simultaneously. I feel like they're beyond Bethesda's A-team. Like, I, I, like we said last week... I just I, meant, like, in terms of, like... In terms of, like, the Elder Scrolls openness, you know, and the ability to, like, you know, complete quests in multiple different ways and, ro- and role-play, you know, I, th- I feel like... I think like the Elder Scrolls is the best role-playing game for me personally, and then you've got like Rockstar making the best sort of Hollywood cinematic open-world games, and Cyberpunk feels like the culmination of both of those mixed together. Then with like shooter combat, you might expect from id Software. God, I just I don't, I'm just stunned by that game still. Crazy man. So yeah. more people are interested in Fortnite at Gamescom. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Fortnite. And if you say anything about, like... Like, I, if I say this right now, I have, I'll have a lot of fans, Sony fans, upset at me. But if, you, if you'd if you imagine, like, what's more important to Sony at, right now, God of War or Fortnite, and what game they would choose if they can only have one, guarantee you it'd be Fortnite. When it's we sad, got a war. to think about, isn't it? And then same thing would go for Spider-Man. What do you think Sony would choose? Spider-Man or Fortnite? I guarantee you they choose Fortnite. You know? And and, and people would accuse you be like, oh, Randy, you know, like that's just because Xbox doesn't have exclusives. You're just being... No, no, no. Xbox would choose Fortnite over all their other fucking games, too. This isn't like just a PlayStation <laughs> thing. Like, it's literally like, that is how big Fortnite is. Like, we talk about CD Projekt Red and you know, Rockstar and Red Dead Redemption and Call of Duty and stuff like that. But as of right now, Fortnite just yeah. destroys everything. Cyberpunk isn't going to touch Fortnite. It's it's just not the mass market game, but it's going to advance the art of the medium. You know, it's going to advance the art of gaming. Yeah, Fortnite's going to make loads and loads of money. It's on phones, it's on everything, it's got microtransactions. Cyberpunk isn't going to make Fortnite's money, but my God, it's going to advance the art of gaming. It's going to be controversial. You're going to see like, you're going to see like Fox News and the Sun newspaper in the UK like publishing articles like, "Oh my God, this game lets you have sex with robots" or something. You know, you're going to see all that about Cyberpunk. It's going to be, it's going to be an event, man. It's going to be interesting. Di, who? So Di says, who the fuck would choose Fortnite over God of War? I mean, it's simple. I said it. Sony. Sony themselves would rather have Fortnite than God of War. Uh, and so Microsoft would rather have Fortnite than Gears of War or Halo. But that's neither here or there. That's just how important Fortnite is to the consoles at this point in time. Um, you know, obviously it's multi-platform, so you don't really have to choose. But it just goes to show like more people are going to more people care about Fortnite right now than, than they'll care about Cyberpunk or Red Dead, or any game released this fall, for that matter. Like, it's, 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 I don't know, Fortnite's just crazy. It's just ridiculous. But, you know, there's this other thing um, I wanted to talk about briefly, and um, dude, beginning of next year looks better than the, than the end of this year, doesn't it? 
Like I honestly mm-hmm. think January, February, March of next year is better than uh, September, October, November of this year. Yeah, um, pretty much the next big game I'm excited for is Metro Exodus, which is February, right? Um, I'm excited for Battlefield Five, but not like that excited, especially because like <laughs> now I'm back to World of Warcraft. It's kind of like that sort of eating in, eating my multiplayer gaming time. Um, I don't know, man. What game? What game? What's the next big game you're excited for? Uh, I mean, coming out this year. I mean, or just next in general. I mean, the next game is Spider Man, dude. You know, even oh, yeah. though I'm, I'm I'm currently on Twitter, and man, people are really talking about a downgrade to Spider Man. Hmm. Are they? Oh yeah, they got pictures. I don't know. I don't know why people get so like like people Forza Horizon Four got downgraded, right? And they have these pictures and stuff. And now I'm seeing pictures in the street and, and things of of Spider Man being downgraded, and it's just like. I don't care, you know. Like, I, like I, I'm just—I look at it and like—and and people are like really trying to push this. Is like, see, Spider-Man not as great as we thought it would be, or Forza Horizon Four is not out? as great as what? When's Spider-Man out? Next two weeks on the on the seventh. Right. Close. I even even if Spider-Man did get downgraded, I don't care. I'm st- it's still my most anticipated game of the year. I I don't care. Like are if you, it, are you a Spider Bro? I am a Spider Bro. I am a Spider Bro, but yeah, Spider Man number one. But like, like thinking about like next year, dude. You got Resident Evil two, Kingdom Hearts three, Days Gone, Crackdown, Metro, Anthem, Division, Devil May Cry, uh, Sekiro. Oh, I played the Division too. I totally forgot about. Yeah, that. but like, I think that lineup for next year, beginning of the beginning of the first three months, is greater than this lineup at the end of the at the end of the year, and yeah. and that kind of mind boggles me at this point. It's like. Is, Normally, is, the, is this the Red Dead Redemption effect ruining Court Four? <laughs> it might. Uh, maybe it has to do with the fact that like Call of Duty is nothing this year, and, and Battlefield Five is barely better than that. And November is like wide open. And maybe it's because I don't give a shit about Fallout seventy six, you know, because I don't care about Fallout. I, I don't know, but like to me, the big, the, the two, the three biggest, three biggest games this year, two of them come out in two weeks, which is Spider Man and Tomb Raider. And yeah, Red Dead comes out in October, but it just I don't know. Like I'm I'm really excited for almost all the games coming out in January, February, and March. Uh over the ones coming out this holiday. It's kind of a weird situation. Yeah, I mean I'm excited for Red Dead Redemption as well. But like you kind of like know Oh, that's gonna be good. The Metro Exodus is my next big, big one for me. Oh yeah, so er- Ernie wants us to answer this question, and I actually kind of glossed over this and forgot to go back to it. But um, the five Xbox games going to Steam. What do you mean? Uh, Microsoft formed like a partnership with THQ to bring Recore and um, oh, to PC retail. Yeah, yeah, well, and the Steam as well. So I'm kind of <laughs> curious to see. Um, what you what do you thought about that? Like, is it because trying to make that money back? More you, than think, anything. you think they're trying to just make their money? But okay, so is Microsoft publishing these games on Steam, or is THQ Nordic doing it, or is THQ Nordic only doing the physical retail copies? I don't know. It's a it's a complicated deal. Um, hmm. 
Shout out to the friendly neighborhood blue shell for this super chat. Thank you so much. He says, I think these companies are starting to want the tax return money. I guess that's true for next year. You know, tax return money and you got a whole bunch of games coming out, but I think they're just high quality games. Devil May Cry 5 looks amazing. Metro looks amazing. And Jess says, you, you played it. You said it's unbelievably good. Yeah, it, uh-huh. it, it feels great. It, like, they, they're just everything that was great about Rampo, uh, Rambo. <laughs> what the hell? Rambo. Everything that was great about Metro, they've just ramped up. I'm getting tired now, Rand. It's nearly 1 a.m. Yeah, okay. Take some questions soon. Yeah, throw some questions, we'll answer them. But yeah, I, I don't know. Resident Evil 2 looks amazing. Oh, man, I didn't get a chance to play that. I was at the Xbox booth on Tuesday, and, and Resident Evil 2 didn't show up until Wednesday. So I never got a chance to play it. Yeah, so... But, uh, Matt played it, and I think he said it was really good. He said the, the gore mechanics were absolutely insane, like liquidy gore, melting faces and stuff like that. Like he said the gore was like nothing he'd ever seen before. Like It yeah. feels like it's been a big focus for Cap- uh, Resident Evil 2 and Capcom. So, so Face has a question for us, Jazz. That's a good one. Why are publishers releasing most of the games in the beginning of the year at the end of the year, but not release games during the summer? People go outside in the summer. That's the main reason. I mean, every, everything slows down in the summer. Like, Windows Central's traffic goes down. YouTube traffic goes down. YouTube traffic goes down. Everyone goes outside, and people aren't slacking off at work and stuff yeah. like that. Um, or, well, I mean, school, school and stuff, and, you know, every, uh, everything also, just slows down. In the, the, dev, the dev cycles are geared to end around the holidays in the beginning of the year, not during the summer. Um, and De- devs go on vacation too. Like a lot of people of Xboxes have had uh, long vacations in the summer. Plus, there's 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 like studies done that people don't buy as much during the summer than they do. That people are more willing to spend money during the holidays. Although, is that a self fulfilling prophecy? Because you don't put out any games in the summer and you put them all out in the winter. Of course, yeah. more people will be willing to spend money when the games are out. Versus, you know what I mean? But I mean. Th- they have done studies and all this stuff and it shows that people and your, your game has a better chance of succeeding or at least being bought in the beginning of the year and the end of the year than the middle of the year. But I would love to see, you know, game, uh, big games release all the time, like every single month, but sometimes that's not what it is. Oh, Jez, there's this other thing I wanted to talk about as well. I guess it'll be my question to you. Is Microsoft unveiling project Xbox Scarlet streaming device next month? God, I heard this um, rumor a, a, a couple of times. I don't know, man. I think like, okay, so here's what here's what we know on Windows Central. There is supposed to be some hardware event in October, but our assumption was or has been that it's Surface related and that they could be announcing the Surface Laptop 2 and the Surface Studio 2. But, but now there's a rumor coming from the other side where they're talking about it's going to be there's going to be Xbox hardware announced there. They have done hard, big hardware events in October before, when they announced um, when they first announced the Surface Book. They also announced the Lumia 950, and they announced the Microsoft Band 2 at one big event in October. Um, so, who knows? Maybe they possibly will announce as some like as some sort of streaming device it's not going to be the the scorpio successor but it might be the other thing you know 
because Scala, Scala is supposed to be a family of devices or a project. It's not necessarily the code name for a console. Um, so I, I think it's entirely possible, man, for October. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard... I've heard these rumors and people tell me that Microsoft and Xbox has an event in October of some kind, some kind of maybe answer to PlayStation experience. And, you know, I've heard it from reasonable good sources and I still just doubt it. I I still don't see Microsoft, you know, unless, unless I get the info firsthand from somebody else that I know I can trust. It's the fact that they're um, doing a surface event is pretty much, solid and i think it's pretty much true but if that if that extends to um that's going to extend to xbox in any any way i have no idea right i just i just feel like it could i just feel like it's possible i just i I would feel it's weird if microsoft announced and released a streaming device this holiday you know what i mean i I don't know I mean, maybe they need to test it in time for next gen i would assume that needs a lot of testing um but I, I'm just not really sure. Uh, so. Maybe it's just a, a smaller digital-only console that's cheaper. I mean, put it like this. Everything Microsoft is doing right now is aimed at lowering the barriers to gaming. They're looking at financing options to let people spread the cost of the console. They're looking at streaming to make it so you can get it on your phone and devices that you want to use. Every initiative at Xbox right now is focused on growing the market share. So... If they exploring discless, smaller, slim, cheaper consoles is definitely something they've probably thought about. Yeah, maybe it's maybe that's that time is now. I don't know. Well, Ernie wants to know if you have any news on OG Xbox PC games coming anytime soon. Sadly, I don't. Um, I do know. I have spoken to. Um, uh, I can't remember his name. I'm so tired. Um, on Twitter, he's WC Stillwell. Is it Bill? Bill, yeah, Bill Stillwell. Stillwell. Bill Stillwell, right. Um, I, I remember people's Twitter handles better than their real names. That's kind of weird. Um, but uh, I did speak to him before briefly on Twitter about it. And, like, the licensing deals around OG games are really complicated. I mean, as we've seen, Forza Horizon 2 has been delisted from the store because of the music stuff. And it's not just music. It's things like things like sound effects. They can't get the licensing rights to have certain sound effects in a game. They either have to modify the game to remove those sound effects, which often isn't cost-effective, or they have to pay some kind of royalty or get a deal or get permission and stuff like that. Sometimes it's just too much complexity involved. So, like, even for games Microsoft owns, where there's, like, licensing of third-party assets, they have to be really careful because they could get themselves in trouble. So, on that basis, it's even though the games emulate more easily, the licensing stuff is even more complicated. So, it could be a while before we see anything more on that front. Yeah. I, I don't know. I haven't heard anything, basically. Well, as far as the Forza stuff, like... They get delisted because of the music. Last year, Forza Motorsport 5 got delisted. It was in Games of Gold. Forza Horizon 2 got delisted. Games of Gold next year. Don't be surprised when Forza Motorsport 6 is given away with Games of Gold and then gets delisted. Uh, that's just how those games kind of go. But uh, Mr. Good at he wants to know, how long before games like Tomb Raider and Metro go into Game Pass on release? Is that ever going to be realistic? So he's basically saying the big AAA third-party games. 
you know, because there was that confusion surrounding Metro and Tomb Raider because of the Gamescom, yeah. uh, Game Pass, like, uh, promotions. I went over, I, when I saw that, I went over to Square Enix's press center and I was just like, is this the thing? And they're like, offic- they were like, officially, um, we're not allowed to comment on rumors and speculation, but unofficially, I think it's just a mistake. Yeah. So, Obviously, like they they say that because in the future maybe they will include it, but right now there's absolutely no plans to include it. Yeah, it's 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 always kind of been the pie in the sky uh, type situation uh, because Microsoft would have to convince these devs that Game Pass doesn't hurt their games, but rather helps it. And quite frankly, uh, it would be Microsoft would have to cut a big check. You want to get a game like Shadow of the Tomb Raider on Game Pass day one? That shit's not free. You know, that's just going to cost a ton of money. Uh, because they know the value of their own game. Um, could it be something we see two to three years from now? Maybe. Possibly. You know, if Game Pass really does help and pe- they view it as like extra advertising and Microsoft is willing to, you know, cut them some money, it's possible. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think it's really. You, you'll see mid tier games like Warhammer Vermintide 2 and uh, stuff like that. Like maybe more high profile indie games that have like a multiplayer, multiplayer component yeah, in it. Multiplayer yeah, multiplayer component. That will go, I think. But like a big, huge AAA game, I don't really see it happening anytime soon. Mm. Um, maybe give it a couple years because they need. Because most, I mean, you still see articles saying about how, like there was one by Variety where they were like, "Oh, you know, uh, what was the headline? It was like it was like Xbox Game Pass. Why Microsoft calls it a blessing, not threat to consumers and developers. So if developers are actually out there still thinking that this is a threat to them." Microsoft needs to gather all the analytical data they could possibly yeah. have. And then put it, put it, it this way. Put it this way, man. I like, I, um, I remember last year speaking to a dev about Game Pass and they were like totally skeptical about it. And they were like, this is going to be bad. This is going to like stop us getting sales, blah, blah, blah. But now they are releasing their games into Game Pass. So, Clearly, Microsoft's done something to win them over, and like you say, it's data. Yeah, raw data, baby. Anything that helps developers sell more copies of the game, they'll be behind it. If Game Pass does it, they'll be open to the idea. But I mean, hell, even retailers were like, like, oh, this is gonna kill our business. You remember all that stuff? Like, oh, we, mm-hmm. we're we're gonna get rid of Xbox now. So it's it's just kind of a boogeyman type of thing. Microsoft was gonna have you know sit down talks with these people, show them the data, which they need more of because it's only been around for a year and they only started really putting big games into it uh, this year. So they probably just need more data for it. Um, Let's see what else we got here. Uh, Look through the questions. Uh, Dev said crackdown three is done. Could we see early access for project washboard this October would make sense. I don't think Crackdown 3 is tied to Project Washburn in any way, shape, or form. I think Crackdown 3 is coming out February 22nd. Washburn? Isn't that supposed to be a controller? Well, that's the thing. So Project Washburn was supposed to be a Gamescom. Tom Warren tweeted about it. He said it's a $150 accessory coming out in October. And then they didn't show it at Gamescom. And now people think this Project Washburn is some sort of streaming device. I don't know, like all these rumors get tied into all these different rumors, and it's hard to keep track of exactly what everything is. Um, do you know what Project Washburn is? Or maybe do you know and you can't say? And no, I, I don't know what it is, and it, 
I don't have it under embargo either. Um, I know what it isn't. I'm pretty sure it's not the Elite Controller, because I'm pretty sure the Elite Controller's codename is Spider. Um, and don't know for sure, could be wrong, stuff like that. But at least at some point, the, the second Elite Controller, at least one version of it was codenamed Spider. Um, be wrong about that again. Um, so it, it could be the Elite Controller. It's in the right price range, you know. Um, I've seen some interesting theories, like, um, for example, it might be an Xbox-branded keyboard and mouse that, that works, that is, like, lappable, like the Razer turret keyboard and mouse. Um, because uh, Microsoft mouse and keyboard support for Xbox is supposed to be Redstone 5, which is releasing in the fall. Um, but again, I don't know if those plans will ever go ahead because it seems like Microsoft is really struggling to figure out how to implement mouse and keyboard support. Um, on that basis, I don't know. I don't know what Washburn is. Maybe it is a stream box. I haven't mm-hmm. been able to find any information about it. It's been pretty... I don't know... I don't know where the information really came from. I, Tom's got completely different sources to me, so... I did see a listing or something for a white Xbox Elite controller. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's a wheel for Forza Horizon 4, like a, you know, like a wireless steering wheel or something. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we don't have that much longer to wait to find out. And uh, I don't Maybe it's a streaming device. Who knows? Maybe Microsoft really does have an Xbox experience in October. <laughs> like, you know, Maybe we'll really find out that Xbox All Access will be at Amazon and Best Buy on Monday. Who knows? You don't have to wait long for a lot of this stuff, but um, yeah, that's going to do the show for now. Uh, thanks for watching. I know we did a little bit later today. Jez is a little bit tired because of it. I mean, who wouldn't be tired when you got to experience greatness like Cyberpunk 2077? That's all you can think about at yeah. night. Like, oh God, Cyberpunk, how is it so good? And why is it so much better than every other game that comes out? Right? Mm-hmm. So uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you give it a thumbs up. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're new. Share it out on Twitter. Uh, it's good to be back. Hopefully, I'll be in the process of making more videos, more daily stuff as you know my time visiting in the hospital comes down to a close. Uh, make sure you follow Jez on Twitter, as it's his link is in the description. Jez, what do you what do you got to say before we get out of here? Uh, game on, friends. I guess. <laughs> be nice? You're going to do the cold Eastwood thing and say be nice? Yeah, be nice. Be nice, be nice. to me, specifically. Yeah, I'm, specifically um, to Jez. Be so nice. Too, yeah. <laughs> the um, I've got a bunch of game previews coming out next week. I'm going to write up... Um, oh, no, I already wrote up Dying Light. I wrote that up on my phone on the train. Um, and then I've got to write up Ori. It's it's mostly stuff we already talked about in the show, though. But if you prefer it in written format, it's going to be there for you next week. And I'm also nice. I've also got a Surface Go round. Oh, got a Surface Go. Oh, it's really really nice. I'm going to be testing that for gaming this week too. I'm going to be turning on my PlayStation here soon, so I can finish Yakuza and start up that Spider Bro. Oh God, I can't wait for Spider Bro. It's going to be so good. <laughs> and then Tomb Raider the week after. Oh my God, gaming heaven. Tomb Raider and Spider-Man back to back. I don't care that I haven't even finished Rise of the Tomb Raider yet. You're not even a gamer. We're not even going to talk. You know, you're not. We're not getting the discussion. 
Later, guys. Have a good one. Enjoy the show. If you're listening to us later on YouTube or on Google Play or iTunes, links are always in the description. Have a good one, guys. And we'll see you hopefully next week. Peace. Peace.